is a lot of this stuff is always looking back. That's how we do it. And I think that's because what I believe about reality is this is actually us projecting back into mm. space and time and like reconstructing all these potential possibilities and like space and all this stuff. Um, but it is the same technique that you use for the revision where if you have something that maybe you notice a pattern that maybe you know kind of where it came from or you have some idea like emotionally what it's related to, you go back, reconstruct the scene change it accommodate your emotions kind of recontort it and morph it into something that feels integrative and helpful and healing has the same principle as then cascading up into your present reality kind of making you know magically you'll have some insight or some event will happen that maybe triggered you before and all of a sudden you're like oh shit hello and welcome to episode number 12 of the WooCast. my name is maggie and i'm juliette and we are here to explore all things weird and woo-woo. Today's episode is with Noah Lampert. Noah is somebody we've listened to for a long time on his podcast called Synchronicity. It was pretty surreal to have an actual conversation with him versus just listening to him as we drive in the car to upstate New York or as we clean the house. Noah himself has been on this 16-year-plus journey dedicated to examining the subtle realities that connect us all. During this show, we talked a lot about manifestation and how he applies this magical practice in his own life and has seen some crazy results firsthand. We also discussed this idea of death and rebirth, this process which a lot of us are going through during this great awakening, or as Mackie likes to call it, the, the great pause, the great pause, which is COVID. We hope you enjoy this conversation just as much as we did. So without further ado, here is Noah Lampert. Let's do this. Oh, welcome to the WooCast. We're so excited to have you here. Thanks for having me, guys. Woo-woo. It's a little bit surreal for me because I've spent many, many hours listening to you on your podcast, the Synchronicity Podcast, and now here we are talking. I'm like, is yeah. that your friend Noah over there? <laughs> Isn't it funny how, you, I mean, I'm sh I don't know how many podcasts you listen to, but it does become like this familiar like person in your life when you hear their voice and it's like i don't you don't you might not know you don't know them necessarily but you're like oh it's my friend noah you know i'm just you know listening to him chat you know you guys are doing it now but i i actually usually take it a little further i just actually become friends with the people you know what well, i mean like, you're doing, doing that now. you're doing it now <laughs> like i just i find it to be effective because there's just like, there is a certain resonance there for people who actually feel comfortable speaking about this stuff publicly. Cause as you guys know, whatever type of podcast or whatever type of platform you're speaking on, like, you know, it takes a little bit to get into the groove to feel comfortable just expressing your honest opinions without having to like think about things. Once you're there, when you're find yourself agreeing or resonating with people or even disagreeing, like, and you feel comfortable, like you could have that conversation there's not a whole lot in the way preventing people from doing that at this point. So I think it's, yeah, it's good. I totally know what you're talking about, of course. <laughs> yeah. So um, I wanted to have you on the show part like interview style to interview you because, you know, you have a lot of guests on your show and um, I don't even think I really ever got to know like your story and how you have evolved over the course of I think when I, lis I listened to you on Duncan, you, you know, at the time, which was 2019, you said it was like a 16 year journey. So now maybe going into like 18 years of yeah, maybe thinking, wow. you know, differently or just, you know, feeling differently about your world and circumstances. And um, also shout out to your mom, because uh, your mom made an impact on me when she, you had her on the show. I was like, what a cool fucking mom you have. She was just here. <laughs> she was literally just here talking to my friends um in the other room she left right before this so i'll let her know she'll she'll appreciate that yeah um, it was really cool yeah, to have cool. like her you have her on your show just because um that gives you even more of an insight into someone and like you know a little bit of their upbringing and like who is responsible somewhat for this person <laughs> wait till you, i bring my dad on jesus christ oh, wow awesome <laughs> meshing of personalities um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my my backstory with a lot of this stuff um, is, I think like most people is what I'm beginning to realize or just kind of accepted. You know, you grow up, you have 
all sorts of magical thinkings and ideas and just like things that you feel will happen. And some of them happen within the time frame that you allotted or believed it was possible. And some of them you just kind of forget. And at a certain point, I think when we forget that we imagine something and things start to happen to us, it's like accumulating up like a hard drive of like stuff. We don't have enough room to process whether that's something we imagine. It starts to just feel like external reality is, is, is imposing its will onto us. And that could be because of, you know, as much as I'd love to say it's because your parents, it's your environment, it's something you believe to be true. And so that's why you're getting it reflected back to you consistently. And at a certain point, once you accept it is true, that's now your reality. This is external reality is out there. I'm in here. I have to navigate and figure out what's going on out there. And everyone, not everyone, but you know, yeah, everyone plays that game until they either get like a brief moment where they're like, wait a second. I feel like maybe if I change inside, that can have some effect before and cause something in outside. And that can come from psychedelics, it can come from meditation, come from exercise, and come from any modality where like you get in the zone and you're like, huh, some clarity is coming in about how this shit works. Um, that for me um, was, you know, as a kid, like I just kind of remember, I was talking about this the other day, like I remember being outside in like my backyard and in the moment being able to perceive it as like two different places like it felt like two different worlds like and i could shift it in my head i'm looking at it but it started to feel different i'm like i don't know what that was and i used to bring it up to people all the time now i think people kind of know what that is because we kind of perceive reality differently sometimes based on our emotions so clearly um growing up i was interested in like philosophy i read a lot of young and stuff and then i started taking psychedelics at 15 that kind of blew my mind open and really just like showed me there was a much broader like universe or ways of perceiving external and internal reality. And that kind of cracked open the egg. And then when I was 20 and I was in college, um, I took, I think I wasn't at college. I took like a nominal amount of acid, one hit, nothing crazy. And didn't stop tripping for three months. And like, it was tripping for Were three months. Were you freaked wow. out? Yeah. I mean, I was actually very um, positive and upbeat and optimistic. But of course, it, it was like very disconcerting. Like, you know, there's times where it's like, you know, exhilarating, but it's like, what the fuck is going on? Am I like this forever well, now? Like in high school, I knew... There were like a couple of kids like I went to we were talking because, you know, you live. Are you in the, is considered, I guess, the Hudson Valley? Is it? I'm in the Hudson Valley. Now, you're in yeah. a different county than I grew up in. You're in you're in, in Duchess. Duchess. I grew up in Ulster County on the other side of the bridge. Yeah. But like, you know, there's not that much going on there. There's a lot of a lot of drugs and like psychedelics and weed. And like, oh, you know, I did a lot of those like, you know, smoked a lot of weed when I was way too young and like hung out in the woods because like. There's not totally. much else to do when you grow yeah. up in like upstate New York. And my dad was like a hippie musician and he sold weed. So it was kind of like just uh, around yeah, around. It. And um, I ended up being one of those people that like stayed away from it and still have actually for many, many years. Like I went the opposite route because I totally. did so much young. And then I was like, no, I'm like straight, more straight okay. edge, you know. Yeah. Um, but growing up, I remember there were definitely kids in our circle that did psychedelics like a lot of them way too young and then like those were the kids that never came back like ever you know and it was scary you know because they were just bur like I'm burned like burnt out from like their brain was just wasn't all there so I would have been like freaked out yeah. tripping for three straight months <laughs> yeah I mean it was really intense um I at various times kind of recognized that what I felt to be true inside, I was in this very kind of liminal state between what we would consider consensus reality of how like physically, logically things work and like this magical realm that I think a lot of people naturally can access with or without drugs. It's just there. Yeah. Um, different cultures have different conceptions of what time and space and reality are just as a base level and their interactions with the world and just the world around them are fundamentally different. We have one view, other people have other view. That's fine. Um, for this, I was basically, yeah, I mean, it was pretty fucking amazing. 
But then I crashed. I was like, holy shit. My ego started getting wrapped up in the experience. I started to think not only was I God, but I'm God of everyone. This is all mine. There's, Mm. you know, these people are literally just figments of my imagination. And on one level, we're all figments of each other's imagination. So I don't want to discount that. But when you recognize that you're God and so is everyone else, that's great. When you think you're God and no one else is, that's going to be a harsh fall. So it was a very quick ascension to like the top of this mountain where I was seeing everything kind of cosmically, but then I came crashing down and I had no fucking idea how I'd gotten to the top. So that was a big kind of lesson for me um, in terms of a, what consciousness is, what awareness is, how this world comes to be, how we kind of modulate it, and then also how to integrate those downloads and realizations and still function in a world that, you know, is at the time took about 16, 17, 18 years after that to catch up to the point where I could start meeting people like Jessa, having conversations with Ramin and all these people, just like commonplace, regular, um, confidently, and like knowing that like, you know, reality caught up, so to speak. Mm. Um, that's a, that was a process. That was a real journey and kind of being humbled and understanding like that this isn't all just about um, like getting it like and understanding that this is going on, but how to practically integrate it into like the life that you're living or that you perceive that you're living. So that's the short version. It's probably the shortest version I've ever said. We're <laughs> condensing it down. Our listeners' heads are exploding right now. <laughs> Definitely check out Noah's podcast if you want to just hear more. You can, I'm sure they can backtrack. Yeah. There's, there's an origin story somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. Yeah. I mean, we all have our origin stories and they t- could take a really long time to tell. So condensed version is, is, is fine. And, um, so any other like pivotal points that you've dealt, that you've had, or what I call, some people call them like awakenings that they've had throughout, you know, since that experience when you were 20, you know, it took a lot of time to like download all of that and figure out how to integrate it into the everyday but were there any other pivotal points along this timeline that yeah. you've had? Yeah, the biggest the biggest one since then would definitely be 2019, April, May, right around when my second son was born. Um, I got put on to Neville Goddard by Duncan yeah. once again and through Mitch Horowitz. He put me on a Mitch who then I was like, I gotta, you know, he's like, you should love Mitch. He lives in the Lower East Side. You gotta go check him out. And I was like, all right. I should listen to his book. Uh, so I downloaded it, The Miracle Club, which is a really good book. And is that what it's called? I think it's what it's called. Yeah. And um, it's, uh, he talked about this guy, Neville Goddard, and he was just, the way Mitch was talking about this dude, Neville Goddard, I was like, whoa, this guy really loves Neville Goddard. Like, this is, geez, like, what's good? Who's this guy? So I went on Soul Seeker, ancient peer-to-peer you know, music downloading thing and found all these old talks and started listening to them and they're really bad quality. And he started talking about all this stuff about like Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ isn't a man. He's a state of consciousness and all of these characters in the Bible are just states of consciousness. I've heard this before. Yeah. Yeah. What really like freaked me out is when I was going through that thing, like 20 years earlier, 18 years earlier, I grew up Jewish, reformed Jewish, like like Jewish light. Like it's not like a very heavy religious <laughs> and biblical kind same of here, thing. Same here. Same yeah, here. Like, I don't, I, know, I like knew nothing. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, you know, like the bare minimum to like yeah. be able to claim you're Jewish. So it's, yeah. anyway, I didn't know anything about Jesus Christ at all. Just the, you know, Santa Claus, I probably knew more about than Jesus Christ. Truthfully, I just knew it was the holiday. Some guy died. There's something. Um, but when I was going through this experience, I, for about two, three weeks, I was convinced I was Jesus Christ. I was like, no, I know it. I wasn't like, I think it, I think like, I think I'm, I was like, no, I know it. And it, it made no sense to me. Like that, 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 what did that, yeah. What was the it feeling? Just felt like, it just felt like a pure kind of knowingness that like everything was good. Like you could actually like bless people. You could heal people. You could heal yourself. You could be a source of like, you know, harmony and light. The problem is, is when you start going around telling people that you're Jesus Christ, you get met with a fair amount of resistance usually. <laughs> so like you're having time, a psychotic break, Noah. Yeah, they're, like, they're like, dude, you took too many mushrooms. Like, this is not good. You need to scale back. Tone it down a little bit. <laughs> literally the most of the feedback I was getting back then. But no, but I knew it. So anyway, you know, putting that, 
that thing aside, years later, hearing this guy talk about um, kind of just Christ consciousness and Jesus Christ stuff and biblical figures and just everything. It wasn't limited just to that realm. But I was like, fuck, this guy's talking some sense right now. So I just remember like mowing the lawn. It was like time to like cut the grass and shit. And I was just like mowing the lawn and he kept making more and more sense. And he kept saying this, like your imagination is God. What people call God is just your wonderful human imagination. It's just, you just, this is, there's some simple techniques. You get real drowsy. Imagine your wish fulfilled. The end scene that implies that it already happened. Go to sleep, see what happens. So I'm like, fucking A, I'm going to do this. And I started just so people know, like, so I don't get pegged as any way like a spiritually too spiritually or altruistic minded person. I was like, I need money. I was like, I need money <laughs> ASAP. I'm about to have another kid. Like I really need an income. And I was like relatively specific that was um, recurring, passive. And like, I didn't have to like do something for, and I was like, I'm going to do the fuck out of this technique. I'm going to fucking nail this shit. And I was doing it seven times a day. This is like my job basically. Yeah. And, you know, within like a month and I was just maintained that like, this is real. Like, this were you is getting work. yourself this- in like a meditative state when you would do it? Or you just like be like at the grocery store, like imagining the end result? Like I find the best time it works all the time. It's always happening. It's not something that you actually do. It's just when you get into those states, you have the ability to direct your awareness. So it's kind of like when people talk about meditation and they like try to clear their mind, it's kind of like that, but it's like the step after that. It's like, all right, my mind's clear. What do I want to focus it on now? And then you one pointedly kind of focus it on this, you know, sensory picture and feel tactile world that you feel on the inside as already being done. I was talking about it yesterday on this Patreon thing where basically what's interesting, and I hadn't thought about it before, is a lot of this stuff is always looking back. That's how we do it. And I think that's because what I believe about reality is this is actually us projecting back into Mm. space and time and like reconstructing all these potential possibilities and like space and all this stuff. Um, But it is the same technique that you use for the revision, where if you have something that maybe you notice a pattern that maybe you know kind of where it came from, or you have some idea like emotionally what it's related to, you go back, reconstruct the scene, change it, accommodate your emotions, kind of recontort it and morph it into something that feels integrative and helpful and healing has the same principle as then cascading up into your present reality, kind of making, you know, magically you'll have some insight or some event will happen that maybe triggered you before. And all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, it didn't. So for me, when I was listening to this Neville Goddard stuff, I was just like, fuck, I'm going to try this. And then within like a month and a half, this dormant YouTube channel that, you know, was making like, I don't know, like $2 a day from all of a sudden within the span of like two months, there's literally a graph. Like if you can download the graph and watch it went to, I think at like its peak, it was like $290 a day. Wow. It was insane. So I like, I was like, fuck this actually like, this is doing anything. And I, I had done digital marketing as a career for about like a solid 10 years before that. So like I knew how to attribute things. I wasn't like in the dark about Mm -hmm. like, Oh, like I did this secret thing. It was insane. Um, and then midway through that, I got demonetized and I used the technique again. I was like, no fucking way. Um, this <laughs> thing is going to come right back. Everything I read was basically like six weeks minimum. You're fucked. You're not going to make this money. And I was like, no fucking way. I'm going to do this. Did a few couple things in reality, but mainly imagined that it wasn't true. Boom, next day, right back up. And I was like, okay, now I'm really working with something here. I've always believed this to be true, but now I seem to have some technique or thing whatever you want to call it that puts the controller in my hand and now i at least even if i fall in the pit a few times on mario i can get back up and like do my thing because i kind of know what i'm doing i can learn i can get better um yeah for it to be repeatable is really fascinating it's one thing to believe something but it's another thing to know something yeah. And the only way you ever know something truthfully is by directly experiencing it. Like that's, you yeah. can believe someone else, they can do something for you. They can show you by example, and that can build and plant the seed. But the only way it really grows and like bears fruit is you actually have to like do it. And that's why like people probably think I'm like brazenly optimistic or a little too like enthusiastic about this shit. It's only because the <laughs> there's only two things that can happen. You either don't try it or you try it. <laughs> and if you try it, 
then you either keep doing it until you see that it absolutely works or you give up either way. And it's just the fucking loop until you figure out that like, you know, just like it actually, this is, this is actually how reality works. Like this is really what's going on. And then I find it to be fun. It's usually what happens. I mean, at the very, like, what's the worst that could happen by trying this? I mean, you're thinking about what you want as like a best case scenario outcome, you know, and that, you know, like that's, that's, that's the worst thing, you know, spend a couple Unless you're super attached and then it's a huge disappointment and letdown and the attachment is a big is a piece of this that um, is important to talk about. Um, I want to let you talk about that because I've been working with that like when you're super attached to money and what it means to you and like then it you know. I am so heavily involved on a daily basis with cryptocurrency that I'd be crazy if I said that in any way that this ultimately allows you to navigate every experience in your life with like perfect balance and equanimity and there's no attachment. That's not actually what most of us are going for. These things come to our attention because the attachment there is to show us something about what's going on. Do we maybe have some deep-seated belief that this money is somehow going to make things better? Is it going to validate some aspect of us, which in fact, it never works like that. You're actually being, this is something I try to say as much as possible to other people and remind myself, you're actually being kind to yourself when you prevent or don't accept something that if you had accepted it would have made your relationship to that thing or life experience more difficult. This is like someone who gets way too much money Mm. way too early and they just fucking ruin, not ruin, but like have to learn some really tough lessons about how money and security and just like love and all these things work. I find for people who like want to actually like feel good and have resources, love, money, shelter, whatever it is, when you do it this way, you're always the one who's responsible for it. It doesn't mean other people don't come to your aid and play the role that they need to. And it's like an amazing, intricate web of awesome stuff. It's just like you always know that your belief and kind of awareness that you deserve something is what actually allows it to come into your world. So if you feel like you don't have something, like I don't have this, I don't feel like I have enough, that's just you trying to tell yourself like, hey, maybe just like love yourself a little bit more and realize that you do and... There, trust me, there's infinite arguments about why that isn't how things work. And there's logical and practical reasons. This person's more disadvantaged. You mm-hmm. have this trauma. You have that. It's like, okay, totally. Like, that's a fact. Everyone has all of that shit in life in one way or another. But if if this stuff is true, go for these meta states of like peace, balance, harmony, grace. Those things will cascade down. And yeah, you may have to go through like, a period of attachment, a period of discontent, a period of heartbreak, a period of pain, whatever. You're literally on the plot, on the timeline towards those greater states, which is a discernible feeling. You know it. You're like, wow, I've really like, I felt really good now for a long time. Like, that's weird. I remember when I didn't feel really good for a long time, regardless of what's happening. You got yeah. objectively, my life is fucking 10 million times as crazy as it was two, three years ago. I feel um I feel better than when I had nothing going on. Like literally shit was easy. I was coasting, autopilot, didn't have to do anything. Like, you know, I wasn't as happy as I am now. I can say that confidently. And it was based on me not recognizing that like I'm in charge of that. Meaning like, I'm in charge your of- happiness is more of a state of consciousness versus a state of your external reality and what's actually happening your day to day. But you're and then you but you're creating your day to day now in a way that was different before. I'm assuming. I mean, I, (laughs) all I know is one thing that I think there's initial kind of fear is like, when you're like, all right, you're God, you can create your own reality as people are like, well, I mean, won't that kill the mystery of things? It's like, no, it 100% doesn't. It's actually, as far as I can tell, almost impossible to kill the sense of mystery. It seems to be like a key ingredient that compels people to incarnate. Like you can't peek behind the curtain forever. You know, that you can not here. That's not where you do it. You don't do it here. So like you can imagine a state and a feeling and just allow whatever comes to come. And you can be more specific if you have a very clear goal and that's very important to you, that will happen. This is how people who win awards or become celebrities or do some amazing thing that everyone talks about. They just really, that's really what they, that's what they want. 
that's what they feel they deserve and they want and that's why they do it and it reality their reality and our reality because everyone's kind of creating this thing just does it it serves it to them it goes all right this is what you really like feel you deserve and believe here you go and then yeah. it serves it i was and- just talking about this idea of like fame yesterday with someone because it's pretty new in the way that we perceive it and see it because you know yeah. prior to you know movies social media we didn't have fame in the way that we do i mean we had like religious figures or you know um the best you could be was a local celebrity <laughs> yeah like spiritual <laughs> teachers yeah. or a medicine yeah. man that you would that people would be like but they didn't necess- they didn't have that same feeling of like millions of people like yeah. love me and chase me and follow me yeah. and this is an that's an is an interesting thing that i think is is happening like in this timeline we're on. I'm, what do you think about that? I think it's something that people have to come to terms with because we're so like exposed and connected at the same time that like figuring out what attention and kind of validation means to you like is really important. I think it's totally, I, I'm of the opinion that, you know, when someone likes something, um, and you like that person and they like something back or you get a lot of likes because you feel like you did something cool and like wherever it is, that's great. I don't have a problem with that. I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think that's an algorithm trying to like warp my reality to make me use their platform. I feel pretty confident of confident in my usage of devices and all that stuff. Everyone should be allowed the opportunity to create and do what they want to do in the world regardless of whether they get paid for it or people pay attention and care. I have found, you know, there's so much more awesome shit now than there was five years ago. There's just more not great shit too, but there is way more awesome shit. It's easier for me to find entire veins of like music or art or TikToks or whatever the fuck it is. Like just veins of this shit that's anything and everything. It and is that's fucking, wild. That's cool to me. And I think that kind of buffers this like focal, focal, um, focused um, energy of like fame. Like this person is the big famous person. Yeah. I don't think reality can accommodate that as much. There will always be superstars. If you look up into the sky, there's big stars, there's little stars, there's suns. And a lot of it's a matter of perspective. So I think those things will always exist and there will always be these transcendent kind of like, holy shit. Like, and that's great. That's what, you know, those people wanted to be on earth and in this world. And I don't know. I, I, I think fame is a cool thing if you don't let it be your primary motivation for things. Like there's this balancing line where you shouldn't be like, well, well I don't care if I'm famous. Like who gives a shit? It's like, not like acknowledge the part of you that wants to be like adored and admired. Cause you feel like you did some cool shit. That's fine. Just don't let that be the only thing that's driving you. Um, and I think it's, it kind of humbles you enough. Also, it, you know, Again, this is everyone playing out their own shit to teach themselves the lesson that they're doing this to themselves. Have you found that like with being able to connect to more people and like having a podcast and people who seek you out to do readings? Have you found that you have had to work with your ego in that way in terms of, oh, I'm I'm getting more well known and I'm making this impact. And have you had to like talk to yourself in terms of like, how's my ego doing? I'm actually decent with that shit where my ego tends to flare is um, competitively. So Mm -hmm. like comparing myself to other people, what are other people doing and like how well am I doing compared to them? And oh, I mean, I should be more popular than them. I actually, I really try to recognize that, A, when I started getting more people paying attention to this podcast, because I've done it for a fair amount of time and it did have like a, a tick up at a certain point, I it's when I really started to like believe and feel and understand the things that I was saying. So in that regard, like I recognize that as a precursor to people like coming. So when people do come to me for a reading or I recognize my downloads go up or whatever's going on, like I I try to honor that. Like I try to be like, I'm, this isn't for me. This isn't like how great I am. Like people are connecting with something I'm saying. I also know what it's like. Cause like people call me for a lot of different reasons for these readings and stuff. Or I call them and like, 
you know, you have to like honor where everyone's at. Some people are doing phenomenally, phenomenally, phenomenally. <laughs> Some people are doing very not great, like objectively and like in their own kind of mind. Some people are on like the edge places I've been where like, they're really not sure what the fuck is going on with reality. What do they do? So like that has like a natural equalizing effect. I feel like for me, like it, my ego, it's harder for it to get involved in there. Mm-hmm. Also, the way I do this shit, I know people know this from the podcast, but for like the readings too, like it's never me. The best job I can do is totally remove myself. If I'm pulling cards or looking at someone's astrology, it's like, just get myself out of the way and tell them what I see, which is them. And then base that, you know. So how did you uh, get involved with those particular tools, astrology and, and the tarot? I mean, I, for I would say like most people who who get into astrology like kind of later in their lives, for for me at least it felt like uh, it was always on the periphery. Like I, I was aware of it. I kind of, I knew my sun sign. I knew there was some reason that like very smart people. What is your sun rising on, moon situation? Sun Cancer Moon Sagittarius Scorpio rising. Um, and you know I I basically kind of like at the same time all this Neville Goddard stuff happened, I started just kind of opening up to the divine arts is what I refer to them as. It's like, like the metaphysical things. And so I would just say to myself, like, I'm amazing at this. Like, I totally get it. Like, I completely understand it. And when it started as me, like, literally, like, pulling cards and Googling, what does this mean? What does that mean? quickly turned into like me understanding that there is a hidden kind of relationship that exists when you're doing this stuff. And it's you, it's your subconscious, it's your kind of energy. So when you apply it to events, circumstances, relationships, other people, it functions in the same way. And that kind of just popped open a door. And now it's kind of like for me, both of those things, um, they're like languages, you know what I mean? I can like, it's a way to kind of communicate and, um, like read energy that's coming out that before would have, I would have been like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like reading energy sounds stupid. It doesn't make sense, but it just clicked. I believed that I was good at it. Then did it for free for a bunch for like a month and a half. Then I was like, fuck, I think I'm good at this. Like people really seem to be enjoying it. I feel good when I'm doing it. And then I was like, all right, maybe I'll charge a little bit of money. And then I was like, all right, I think I'm really like actually providing a service here and just kind of found the healthy balance of like, how to do this in a way that like, would I pay for this? Would this help me? And you know, it's, it, to me, as long as that answer is yes, like I feel like this is a good thing that I should be doing. And it also helps me shape a lot of my kind of perspectives and kind of things that I speak about because hearing where different people are at is invaluable because I ultimately have my perspective. Maybe I can, you know, imagine like a dozen other at max. But when you're doing readings for like, you know, 150 to 100 people every season you hear a lot of stuff and it's not all the same they'll come in themes but it's very different so yeah i i love that stuff um speaking of themes because i know you pull cards a lot just even for the collective any themes you're picking up on lately themes yeah rebirth continues to be a huge one i think the death energy is pretty apparent for most people um but Let's a talk lot about of rebirth- that, the death energy and the rebirth because yeah, I had a dream last night that I literally was going underground into the subway of New York. But it, oh, to get to the subway, I had to go through a tunnel portal, right? Tunnel. And this was my normal way in the dream of getting to the subway. But when I got to my portal, it wasn't big enough to fit my body. So then I was like, fuck, I have to take the stairs. And then I was like, what a what an awesome dream. I woke up and I was like, that shit was amazing. I love dreams where they're so like under, like the underworld like that, you know? Yeah. I think we move through individually and collectively these cycles of kind of, you know, death, rebirth, life. And it's like this cyclical thing because that is ultimate from what I believe and have experienced. I think that's what we're doing. It feels like what we're doing as people is we're constantly reconstituting ourselves into these like stable center like nucleus beings and then perceive things but in reality like we're it's there's frame rates to that we're doing stuff it's an active process not this stable thing that we like to believe it is so um you know the the 
death and rebirth process, I think more people are becoming aware that what they view as reality, it's kind of like the matrix thing. It's just like not really what they thought it was. And that creates a lot of uncertainty, a lot of fear at times. And, you know, it exposes some very deep kind of primordial fears that I think a lot of people have in varying degrees. And one of those is a fear of death, uh, physical or existential, that, you know, your identity is ripped away from you and everyone you've ever loved is just gone and they didn't mean anything. And I think a lot of people are being asked to challenge that belief. And the more you kind of resist it, you crystallize it and it becomes more and more real. And that, um, creates more chaos in people's lives internally. And then that ultimately is reflected externally. And you get events like Corona, which are very ambiguous. There is clearly a rise in deaths attributed to coronavirus, but relatively speaking, on the grand scheme of most things, it's not really as big of a deal as other things that have happened on this planet. It's a matter of perspective. So mm -hmm everyone's relationship to kind of literal physical death and kind of what they are as people and does identity exist after death i try more and more to take a stance that is open to like you know moving but like i from from every download i've gotten recently um this idea of la loss of identity, like you're going to, you're going to wake up to the secrets of the universe, but you have to give up who you are. You know, mm -hmm. you'll you're then not go to the great anymore. Beyond. You don't have those right. same bye -bye. memories. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Well, now some of that feels true when you're ready for it to be true. When you're like, you know what? I'm right. I'm done with Noah. Like I'm done with this one. I think I will now withdraw into something else because I want to, not because it's being ripped away from me because I died. That doesn't make any, that idea makes less sense to me than being like, okay, I understand I am a aspect of the one perceiving itself through a particular lens that gives me ultimate creative control over the life I experience. Why would I limit myself to like physical death? This thing really just doesn't add up, but everyone has to confront that. And I think until people really like, look inwardly and kind of get their faith and kind of conviction about what this is straight. Um, people will just be like sitting in this energy for a little bit. Um, oh, I love the idea that um, I know like you and Jessa shout out to Jessa Reed. If anybody wants to check out her podcast, um, what's her new one? Uh, AOD awakening orientation department. Yeah. yeah. AOD AOD. Um, or you can go back and listen to Soberish because if you want to get like an idea, that one is a great podcast. Um, but this idea that we're like, this is our avatar, right? I love thinking about it in that way. And like this avatar that I am currently like moving into, like I can't, I don't even recognize the avatar that I was like 10 years ago, 10 years prior to that. So you are losing your identity. You have probably already lost an identity. You don't, you do not, you're constantly... Changing. We shift them every day too. This is like, this is a Jungian thing. It's just like this idea of the persona. It's like you are a certain way when you guys are together. If your parents enter the room, right? It's a completely different dynamic. There's like an energy exchange that everyone has different. It doesn't mean you're being two-faced. It doesn't mean just everyone interacts in different ways. Even I am usually the same usually the same with most people. However, I'd be crazy if I didn't say I didn't act a different way, like in different situations. That's just us trying on different identities. It's being comfortable in each one of them, but acknowledging like, of course, we have to move through different things. You know, depending how attached to certain versions of yourself you are, um, when they get ripped away or stripped away or your ego gets crushed in whatever way that may take place, a limited conception of self, um, you know, it can be very uncomfortable potentially, or it can be very comfortable and be like, this is amazing. I feel so much freer. Well, it can, it can be, uh, be comfortable if you look at life as a game, which I'm really starting to live into more and more of, which is like, you know, you are the, you know, you're, this is your avatar. You're playing this game. You're controlling things to an extent. If that's what you, you know, believe that you're creating your reality. And when even something like shit hits the fan, if you can look at that as a teachable lesson, or you can, you it's not that something is happening to you you know 
Um, no, you're doing it to yourself is the truth. Mm-hmm. That's the hard pill to swallow. And it feels like if you say that to someone who's going through like an objectively hard time, like you're an asshole, but it's true all of the time. Where someone would be an asshole if they said that is if they're like, yeah, it's true, except for this thing. Like that's too hard. Then you actually have opened up the can of worms or you're like making distinctions, but it's always true. And that is that like belief and faith and conviction that you ultimately have some belief that things are going to go your way. Like this is the bottom. Your things are going to get better. That's what actually reverses them around. If you're just on a downward spiral and stay low, like you will dwell there. You will reside there until you change your mood. I try to preach this as much as possible. I'm comfortable using that word, I guess, um, where you basically like try to change your mood internally. Try to use some some techniques something to change your mood internally and see what a relationship that has on external reality yeah no that's that's true definitely and i think back to when my dad passed away suddenly when i was 16 and like my life changed like in the blink of an eye because i was like all right i'm an orphan now because my mom has mental illness and wasn't able to take care of us and i was like my whole life has changed the worst possible, you know, grief I'd ever felt, you know, in my life, 16, lost a parent and yeah. felt so alone in the world. And I was looking back recently on journal entries that I had wrote during that time. And what I found was so profound is I wrote things like this pain is so you know, intense that it feels like I cannot like possibly get through this, like things that you would read and think like, oh, this person might want to commit suicide, you know, Um, this is unbearable pain I'm feeling, emotional pain. And then underneath it, it was like, but I know that I'm strong and I know I can get through this. And I was like, holy shit, I wrote that. I was 16. Like that is crazy shit right there. I don't remember that. But seeing that was almost like, I do believe that like you come in into this, you know, you incarnate and you're like, this is the shit I'm going to go through, but I know I can do this. You know, you don't, it's this idea of like, God doesn't give you more than you can bear. Right. It's that's, I think even in the Quran and another, like, it's just, that's you, that what that's really saying is you will not, you are prohibited from giving yourself some experience that you can't take. Not because you're just like, you have a threshold. It's because it's you doing it all of the time. Every single thing you literally will not, you, you don't like, even if you like kill yourself, even if you jump off this like mortal coil, from what I understand, you will literally just revert back to a version of yourself until you understand that that's not actually how it works. Like it's not, you're not bound by time and space. You're bound by your belief in time and space and consciousness and how things work. And as long as you externalize events, no matter how tragic and awful, and it's very tempting to do that. And I can only speak um, from a limited personal experience related to deaths in my life. I haven't lost a parent yet, but everyone knows they will. Everyone knows either they or people they love or themselves will die at a certain point. And one of the freeing aspects about this that, I mean, I tried not to, uh, you know, gas people up too much, but like when you really kind of understand that this is actually what's going on, like your consciousness is creating this kind of place. When someone passes away or they leave this space, of course they're not gone. Like, of course, they're not actually gone. They physically are not here. They can't be communicated with in the same way, but their energy, their presence weaves into our consciousness in a very palpable way. And that opens up doors, which I personally think in the next like five, 10 years, we're going to get a lot of more, I don't know if it'll be mainstream, but a lot more kind of information. Would you see what Netflix just put out? Like the... There's yes, a- my Bill was just telling me. My roommate was just telling me about this. Uh, the the afterlife stuff. Yeah, I, I I know from experiences I've had. There are these in between worlds that are in between physical and completely immaterial. Of course, there are. There's infinite dimensions, and there's clearly like a connective tissue, like a plasma between that and this world and other places, and when you broaden your conception of mind to access those places, this is what psychics and mediums do. You're connected with them and you can learn some pretty amazing and comforting things too. It's like, that's great. Like what a, what a treat, you know, in 50 to a hundred years, if children, when they're in your situation, lose a parent unexpectedly, 
also go through the same spectrum of emotion you go through, but also are being reinforced. But like, oh yeah, no, but they're on this ethereal plane. This is how you actually communicate with them. This is actually like a cool opportunity for you to do things. Like you don't have to, you can of course, like lament that they're gone now, but there is like a connective tissue that still exists. That's something that's a little bit better if there's like an empirically validated way to do that, which to me seems kind of inevitable in terms of emerging. Um, just like I've experienced it too much in this world where I don't ask for it. So like, it, it makes me think yeah, that when people had, ask uh, me, like paranormal experiences with yourself. Yeah. I mean, I, I had, especially when I was in LA last year, there was like a good period, you know, we, we get in these zones, I think where with this, this veil gets real thin and you can kind of just like see through it. And I went through one of those last year, 2019 into the beginning of 2020, right before the pandemic. And yeah, I just kept having weird fucking ghost experiences with like fucking weird. I, I get physical like pains places and I mm -hmm. kind of know now like what that is. And it's like, that's not a physical health issue. It's not like a thing that I pull and I'm like, fuck, what is that? I'll usually be like, I don't want to think about that. And then like some weird thing will happen. Like, you know, someone will mention something and then like it unfolds this kind of like fucking revelation that like something is talking to me and telling me to do something I'm like what the fuck is this like i don't want to talk about i'm very reluctant i don't like it personally because it's like feels very imposing because like what i did is like a little bit like i did this technique where you like open yourself up to be like a portal for like you know all beings disembodied or regular and when you really do that with like sincerity and honesty <laughs> Don't do that, maybe, because you're literally inviting. <laughs> yeah, every I mean, have thing. you? Um, do you know Ryan Singer? Paranormal. Yes, of course. Okay, of course. I, yeah, of course. Good okay. Friend. Um. Well, he had um Jessica and Oscar on the show. Jessica yeah. with and she it's like can channel an yeah, internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had Jessica and Oscar on the show. Yeah. And um, that is like she opened herself up to like be able to channel a yeah. being who is between the eighth and the tenth dimension. That's where he says he. Yeah. lies somewhere between the eighth and tenth dimension and maybe the ninth um it's uh wait i love mackie posted yesterday because the episode came out yesterday and in the location on instagram he goes eighth dimension and this <laughs> cracked me up i'm like that's where the location is mackie for this <laughs> post i'm like that's yeah, awesome I love it. um I love it. but yeah i mean i was thinking like would i want to like open myself up to like having a communication with like you know something like that all like all the time i mean you can yeah, actually the answer is yes <laughs> you do i mean everyone gets what they want i would say that depending on like your ability to recognize to like shield yourself at times like that's the most important like modulating that reality because i think once you open that portal once you open that door if you don't kind of aren't aware of your own inherent power i've seen very powerful and very spiritual and mystical people kind of get consumed by that mm. narrative and world. And yeah. it's great and it's wonderful and it's cool and it can be helpful. Um, but it needs to be something you willingly take on kind of as like a conscious decision rather than kind of like opening yourself up. And this is something that I think just works with all of duality. Like it's always you. It's always take full responsibility for whatever's happening. But like in duality, there's also other. There's also that. So mm -hmm. just... Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't even think it's like a, it's probably a fear thing for me. And so I'll probably have to deal with it at some point. And I think that's what a lot of my recent psychedelic experiences were kind of showing me, but yeah, these, uh, these, these ghosts want in, <laughs> they want in. They want people to tell other people what's going on. I guess. I want to chat with you. I'm reading yeah. a book right now called earth school 101, which is really mm. interesting. And it's all, I mean, it really is just about like, what is it? Like, what, who are we and why are we here? It's just like uh, it's almost like reading like, uh, you know, who are we? Why are we here for dummies? Yeah, which is really it's a great book. And um, they're talking about how ghosts live in the fourth dimension and they consciously decide not to. Like go meet with, you know, their guides or, you know, their soul like ascending. They are saying, no, like I'm not ready. So they're choosing. It's not like they, you know, some people would think like, oh, a ghost is like in limbo. And they don't have a choice, Stuck. but everybody has a choice and, and they will yeah. eventually go 
where they're where they're you know back home. I I think personally that where the ghosts. I'm almost positive of it. I really think. <laughs> what are we the ghosts of? Like I think we are dead. I think that what we have a fear of that we call death is actually just a transition into a mode of consciousness that allows us to perceive a little outside of this particular five mm-hmm. cents dimension that's what i think it's mm. kind of a troubling thought you're for reminding some me of a time i had a really bad trip and yes. i and I, yes. I convinced myself that i had died and that i was just in a living like hell because the 3d reality just was felt so terrible and like for two weeks i was in this horrible like i was like I do say, i need to go to a mental hospital like it was really yeah, bad no, no, no. <laughs> and i would say you're half right on that like i don't think it's like a scary <laughs> bad thing but i do think ultimately that what we perceive to be i think we're just like we're doing this thing here it's cool it's amazing it's not like a bad thing it's not a sad thing it's not like a tragic thing it's just we're playing this game here this is like we're alive look at this like what we're doing cool we do this this is how we do this here and then like when you're done playing the game you're like all right i'm gonna go back where this is actually the thing meaning like go back home yeah go back to a state of consciousness that's not quite as restricted not in a pejorative way but like is a little more um aware of physics yeah less less kind of being bound to certain conceptions of reality like just just to give a subtle example of like a dream like there's less rules in your dream Mm -hmm. like you can fly you can go to tunnels and stairs and underground subways like it's a little more like you know you can do what you want i personally think we're actually watching this reality merge with the dream world that we kind of know and we'll see more and more imaginal like kind of wondrous things but i think that's also like a transition for people just like I do think in a hundred years, maybe people will have like a better idea of what death is and it won't be this scary, fearful thing. We'll kind of be like, oh, we're already dead. Like that's the thing that comes if we want to, where we can do something else. If not, you know, probably just come back and do this one again in this body. Most of these bodies, most of the people I communicate with seems like final form. Doesn't seem like you'll be reincarnating into a different Doesn't mean you can't, doesn't mean people won't. It just seems like that's, you know, we're probably already dead. It's cool. And we know even from a logical standpoint, that's true. Once you're born, you're going to die. So like right. just from like a time loop standpoint, it's true. And right. uh, yeah, if time doesn't exist, then yeah. I don't know what you would call what we're doing now, but I enjoy it. So, you know, it doesn't bring you might me. might as well have fun, right? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I think that's, that's a, I think that people can get into this like existential like crisis where when you start wa- like talking about this, then you your you know your analytical brain just starts to go like off the chart trying to That's like good. trying to like piece together almost like your Einstein on a fucking chalkboard like well then if this equals that then you know what I mean yeah like the the, the beautiful mind uh-huh. thing yeah I mean it's it's not it it's good because the analytical and logical mind actually can't process this because it's not analytical or logical well it's like, funny you say that because I remember my first ever existential thought I was probably like three laying in bed and i was like all right so how am i why am i here like how am i here why am i here and if that created that but what came before that what came before that like and i was like it just basically felt like i was just like drifting off and like there's no way to actually think that far like you can't it's not possible well you lose your sense of identity at yeah. a certain point and then i'd feel that forward. i'd be like i'd panic and i'd be like okay going back to being like oh that's a closet this is my hand i'm in my bed yeah. you know like yeah, this is what i can back into the these game. are the things i can touch and feel right now that's what we do do you um, find your kids do that stuff i'm so curious yeah you, like young I mean, I, like when you're young you're so open in a different way i watched my my one one and a half year old go to sleep the other day and he did the like the like you're falling and you wake up, the, yeah. you know, like, oh. and I was like, you know, I remember when I was a kid, I would, this would happen to me until it scared me enough where it stopped happening, where I would do what you were talking about. Think about all of these things, then descend backwards into like this void thing. It would be like these matrix of dots. And I would hear this, like this crazy loud sound. It was super dark. And then I would probably just go to sleep until 
I remember being like sufficiently scared of that experience where I'm like, no more. So I think that's what we do every night. We just probably like don't remember it because we don't have to. And, but yeah, we go to this like void, infinite creative space, reconstruct a reality. We wake up thinking it's like, of course, it's the same world. It's the same world I live in. Yeah. There's all my stuff. It's where I left it. What you're really doing is withdrawing your consciousness into this like deep kind of creative space. That's why when you kind of give yourself these subconscious prompts as you're going to sleep, you can start to like prove that, whoa, this place is way different than I thought it was. Um, and then it makes it more fun. I, if you have your intentions. I find getting into all right? this stuff has been really, I mean, yeah, sometimes it's really terrifying. Totally. Like, but, but, um, it's but it's also like fun. I'm finding it to be like, oh, I'm in this game now. It's fun, you know? I like it. I, I like it. I mean, it can get dark at times, but I mean. What did Os Oscar, the interdimensional being, he said, uh, why would you take anything too seriously? That's when the problems arise. Yeah. I was like, thanks, Oscar. <laughs> yeah. It's really smart, too. And like, that's the perspective something, some being would have in like a higher awareness it would just be like why are you doing that again that's when you know like you have the proper perspective on something it's not when you feel like you've totally figured something out and it's the most important thing it's just when you look at something you're like oh yeah oh like that okay i get it it's like a very simple kind of acceptance of something not like the profound realizations are amazing don't get me wrong it's just when you really get something it's kind of like a, oh yeah Got right, it. right. That's the proper way to be with it. Not like, oh. So what? What uh? Now for you, and you know, you're you're creating your reality. Like, what are you into right now? Like, what's your? What are you trying to? And you don't even call it manifestation. You call it imagination, right? Yeah, I mean, I just call it reality at this point. It's <laughs> we're all part of it. It's just I try to set my intentions. I always have specific things that um are usually influenced by some aspect of external reality that I recognize as my internal reality being played out. So I have specific goals um, and achievements. The grand things that I'm really doing are just music, um, really trying, not trying, but just like settling in, settling in and accepting um, kind of a role as someone who can provide and help people immediately starting with myself and then my family and then friends and like other people around me and really trying to make sure that as I do that, I don't let what can be a big ego at times get involved and kind of like topple that over because I think that would just be like a not cool narrative. Um, but music, I love this crypto stuff right now. It's really fun for me. And then a lot of family stuff um are kind of my priorities right now but i'm just having a good time basically that's my overarching goal and it's working out so yeah, yeah. i think that's that's the biggest thing you're saying music it's like uh i i think i grew up because my dad was like a pretty well-known musician and i always had this idea of like you know in order to do something creative there has to be like this outcome right where you're like you're seen for your work or you you're creating for this thing and i'm i'm like deprogramming myself now from that concept of like hey if i wanted to play an instrument like i don't have to doesn't have to become anything no, if you want to create that important. and that's like a really i think a lot of people get in their own way when it comes to that because of how programmed we are to create for some one else for people to like it for you know no, what i mean for you to get recognized by it and yeah creativity is, almost, is not that you can have that as like a as like a cool facet of what you're doing but i mean most of the really awesome stuff that i've ever heard or listened to or read um is completely based on people like really loving what they're doing and like following and like pulling it from a place of inspiration not because they're trying to make something for other people and not that that stuff can't be satisfying to someone else like everyone's looking for a sound or a feeling or a you know a mood and you know it's all relative but yeah i mean i the stuff i tend to really enjoy to me the the overarching quality is that you can really usually feel that this person really loves what they're doing and yeah maybe they want other people to love it too but like if that's what's driving what they're creating or, that or wanting to make money it. off something then it becomes like yeah and money can be a part of it people use money as a, a a validation thing an external sign of validation money can just be a reflection of what you believe to be possible for yourself um there's nothing wrong with someone 
wanting to monetize their art per se. If it's just the primary motivator, you know, you're probably not going to make the best art. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. all. You should try to be making the best art. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, any anything else we want to leave the listeners what's with? A, so, what's a great um, jumping off point for Neville? The best place that I would say to get it to to get into Neville Goddard, yeah. basically. Um, I would say uh, his book, um, Out of This World, is my favorite. The complete Neville Goddard reader on Audible is read by this guy, Barry J. Peterson, I think. He's pretty good. I happen to really like Neville Goddard's voice. Um, mm -hmm. There's some on the MindPod Network YouTube channel, but they're all over the place. Um, get like a pretty clean audio version. Um, his talks are just the best. Just listen to his voice. If there's something yeah. about it. Um, uh, yeah, there's always the something I, about just hearing whoever wrote something to yeah. hear their voice. I know I can't say yeah. when I read it, like when I listen to an audible and I'm like, Oh I God, know. please. I'm doing it now with this Joseph Murphy book. And it's, I know the guy's voice is you get used to it, but it's like the George Costanza thing. It's like, hard. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> well, no, this was awesome. Thanks for coming on and chatting with us. Yeah. Yeah, totally, guys. This has been amazing. And when we uh, go back to the Hudson Valley to visit, we can... Yeah, come uh, hang. Yeah. Come hang. We can get seriously, together. Seriously, guys. Come seriously. It's, it's fun. It's still I like a that. possibility that we may move there, but I don't know. I know. <laughs> I know how it goes. It like guys. draw. It does draw you in. I mean, like, I love it. I, I'm like, I'm very in, magical. Yes. It's very yeah. awesome. As long as you can endure or slash enjoy the winter. Yeah. It it's is totally Or have a place amazing. to go during winter. Yeah. I mean, I, or have a place to go. Exactly. You know, I, I don't know. I think I'll probably settle here for a, for a while though, but travel, travel too. So yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Awesome. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. Cool. Uh, where, you where can oh, yeah. uh, the people find you? Yeah. Where can people oh. do re have readings with you and stuff? Uh, my website, syncpodcast.com, S-Y-N-C, Instagram, all the places. You know what it is. Regular yeah. person on the internet. And all, the, all the links will be in the show notes. So. And you're open cool. for readings? People can get readings? Yeah, from we're doing the energy readings, the 15-minute ones now. Um, we'll open up some longer astrology recorded ones later. But right now, I am just doing the shorter ones, which are great. I love those. Cool. So, and your music? Yeah. Is your music anywhere where people can hear your music? music yeah, music's on Spotify and the streaming sites. I'm going to have a lot more coming out in the, this quarter, probably February, March. I'm feeling like uh, a bunch of stuff, a bunch of like little things and then some bigger finished ones that I have cooking. So yeah. nice. Very cool. Good Perfect. Time. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much. Bye, guys. This Bye. has been great. All right. Take it easy.